Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com family. Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined from U.S. Bank Stadium by Ben Gessling and Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune. Hi, guys. Hello, Andrew. Woof. Woof is right. It's a good way to put it. We are still here at U.S. Bank Stadium. We are still holding it down, much like the Vikings defense was not able to do today. 43-34 to is the final. The Vikings fall to 0-1. Pretty decisive, it felt like, even though it was 8-7 at one point in this first half. Um, I guess, guys, we have to start with the defense. Um, ben, what was your first takeaway hearing from Mike Zimmer and Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith afterward and kind of set – the stage for us on how bad this really was for them well statistically there's a lot of superlatives that are not necessarily ones you want to be associated with if you're the vikings uh most points ever given up by a mike zimmer team of course with the help of a safety they had given up 42 on a couple of different occasions uh most notably perhaps his first year as head coach they lost 42 to 10 to the packers and the packers had a couple of interceptions I think one that was returned for a touchdown and another one that set up a touchdown in that game. Uh, Second most yards they've ever given up behind the game they lost to the Rams in 2018. Uh, The highest opponent time of possession in franchise history. Packers held the ball for, I believe, 41 minutes and 16 seconds, uh, surpassing the record that they had set back in 2013 in a Sunday night game against uh, against the Vikings. Uh, during which the Packers did not punt. That was uh, during Leslie Frazier's last season. The Vikings had a terrible defense, and ultimately they got him fired. So lots of things that you don't want to have on your resume to start the season. Uh, I think the lack of crowd noise certainly played a factor in this. The, the Vikings have built their home field advantage in this place and certainly in the Metrodome in the past on a good pass rush and making it really tough for a quarterback to think Aaron Rodgers didn't have to worry about the fans today, and he didn't have to worry about the pass rush because they didn't get to the quarterback at all. Yeah, and I think anybody outside of the Vikings facility would have said reasonably that this defense is going to probably struggle, right? Yeah. You, you can't turn over your personnel that much and not think you're not going to have growing pains. You can't Especially have that no many young, unproven cornerbacks and think it's not going to you know, have an effect. However, that was bad. I mean, they had no chance. Now, it, it, it's hard for them when you're going up against one of the greatest quarterbacks in league history right off the bat who loves to test yes. unproven corners, and he's done it over and over against the Vikings throughout the years. But, man, not having Daniel Hunter in there, they had zero pass rush. They couldn't stop the run. Devontae Adams and Rodgers just played pitch and catch all day. I mean, it was, there was no resistance on anything. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing to me was early on it. It was, it was obviously slow going. It was – a Vikings lead at one point, seven to three, then seven to five, and then eight to seven. They were trailing. Yeah. Um, Probably could have been worse if the Packers had been able been. to cash in in the red zone. That's a good point because we had a couple of drops, big drops from the Packers that went from the second into the third quarter. But it was it was the Devonte Adams connection that stood out to me right away because it was they would struggle to do some things. Green Bay would, but then all of a sudden, whenever Rodgers needed to move the chains, it was Devonte Adams quick out versus whatever corner he was facing, yep. and then boom, it was automatic. And yeah. you're thinking. Boy, if they can't stop this, they're just going to keep going back well, it, to it, and then they did. And that's the thing. It wasn't just against Cameron Dantzler. I mean, no. it was against Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, whoever was covering him. They they had no answer. And so um, you think about how bad this could have been. I mean, they got stopped on the goal line, which 
what are the odds that happens, you know, three straight times? And two just horrific drops by uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, yeah, you say it. Um, MVS, as I think they call it. Uh, yeah, MVS. Uh, I mean, Rodgers would have thrown over 400 yards easily if he yeah. catches those two yeah. wide open. So it was, you know, I know there's overreaction after game one, but as I wrote, it's like, there's a lot of concern about this defense right now. Yeah, Mike Zimmer channeled. I thought it was interesting. He channeled. He had said, well, in 2015, we opened against San Francisco. It was pretty yeah. poorly, and then I think we won the division or something. They like did. That. Uh, that, that is the only time since his first – actually, no. That's the only time they've ever, under Mike Zimmer before today, lost a season opener because they won the season opener in 2014. Of course, started 5-0 and in 16. Won Sam Bradford's one shining moment here against the Saints in 2017 when Adrian came back to town. Uh, 18 would have been the 49ers and last year against the Falcons. So they have not had a lot of experience starting 0-1, and they came back home in 15, I think beat the Lions in the opener, if I recall, the TCF. But this is a little bit different in the sense that it's a division loss, and you got to go on the road for three of your next four. Phillip Rivers, I don't think is I – mean, we saw Phillip Rivers last December. It didn't look like he was the same guy that we've seen in the past, and I don't know what he's going to have left in Indianapolis, but – you have that, your next home game is against the Titans team that was in the AFC title game, and then you go Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. That's a lot to ask for from a, a defense that's this young. And the other thing is, um, without Hunter, I, how you, I mean, these are personnel issues. It's mm-hmm. like you can't make those cornerbacks be experienced like overnight. It doesn't, they're gonna be, there's going to be growing pains, and the pass rush without Hunter – They've got to figure out whether he blitz more or whatever. They're going to have to figure out something because you can't just let the quarterback sit back there and pick them apart. The, yeah. To, oh, go ahead. The, the, the sort of problem you run into there, though, is that if you're going to blitz more, you are exposing yourself in the back end if you don't get home. So, you know, I think we saw it certainly last year. They played a lot more too deep safety because they were worried about their corners being able to run. That shouldn't be the problem now in terms of athletic ability, although Cameron Dantzler – Looked like he got beat a a couple times deep today, and that was the concern with him heading into the draft. But it's not as much about athletic ability at this point as just knowing what to do and being in the right spot. I mean, Mike Hughes had a rough day. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're going to blitz to get pressure, you put yourself at a little more risk there that way too. If you're individually looking for the most disappointing performance, I would say Hughes is the guy that entering his third year you would hope he would have had and it's tough because there's no preseason games. There's no kind of getting your feet under you before right now. But with that said, Hughes is the guy that you would expect to take some kind of a leap and not be the guy who was such a liability yeah. out there as he yeah. was. Um, to your guys' point about the pass rush, we're so used to those two things working in hand with the Vikings. Sure. If the coverage isn't working, Mike Zimmer finds a way to dial up the blitzes or finds a way to get Everson Griffin or Daniil back in the backfield. Obviously, they don't have either of those guys today. Yannick Ngakwe really had a quiet day. He had one hit on Rodgers on a pass, and that was his only influence on the box score. Um, but he didn't play that much either because they were kind of working yeah. him in because he didn't practice this offseason at all. In 2020, he didn't practice until September 3rd. Yeah. And so this is a situation where they don't have their one guy that they want. They don't have him working at full speed, and then they can't find a way to necessarily bring that extra pressure when, as Anthony Barr said after the game, Rodgers is consistently finding the guy who's maybe a little less covered or, as Barr said, totally uncovered, right. <laughs> as was the case sometimes with these guys. And so this is actually the first game the Vikings did not sack Rodgers in a full game against him since 2010. Wow. A decade. And that, that speaks to uh, just how different things are right now with the personnel. Was the last one with. the game that they blew out 
the Vikings in the Metrodome that cost Brad Childers his job? I think this was actually a close game. I think the Packers won that game 28-24 at Lambeau. It was the Lambeau one that year. I I tell you, watching Rodgers today, too, I don't think I'd be so quick to shove him out the door. Yeah, I mean, some, like the throw he made to Adams on the touchdown where he's on the run, that's that's vintage Aaron Rodgers yep. there. Yep. I mean, he still has it. Now, maybe he doesn't he's, – he's not Aaron Rodgers of what we – MVP. But Passing he, up the easy throws is also – on that play is also vintage Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, he – you know, you got to give him some credit too. The, the Vikings defense was, was really bad, but yeah. he made him look bad. Yeah, he did. I think Adam Thielen had a good quote to describe – just this atmosphere with no fans. He said, typically we're only used to that when we're losing. Right. And it felt that way throughout the whole game, which, I mean, they were kind of losing throughout the whole game after the second quarter. But um, I guess, what did you guys think of the environment? And and it seemed to me that Rogers' hard count worked even more efficiently because of that. I, I'm going to be very curious to see, at least to the extent that we're going to see it in the early part of the season, because different places are going to have different rules on fans. We're going to see a few fans at least next week in Indianapolis. But it seems like it is friendlier to road quarterbacks than I, even I thought it would be. I mean, it, you figure it makes some difference, but you never quite know how to quantify that. I'm going to be very curious to see what the numbers look like for, you know, whether it's road winning percentage or uh, ability to produce offensively on the road. Because I, I think, you know, I, the lead to my story, and I, I thought about it this week, was that we have seen this building and its predecessor on this same site be a house of horrors for Packers quarterbacks over the years. I mean, going back to Brett Favre, he, and he lost like seven of his first nine in this building and and had an awfully tough time winning here. Rodgers had not won a U.S. bank until last year, and even that game was Aaron Jones in, in large part. But yeah. the, the ability to work in a quiet environment where you are not bothered by a pass rush, yeah. dating back to John Randall, Jared Allen, whoever you want to call it, has not happened for Packers quarterbacks on this site in an awfully long time. And it, it's something that, you know, some of it's a fluke because of, of COVID, but yeah. some of it's also where the pass rush is. It, it added up to an environment, I think, that Brett Favre would have uh, loved to have at his disposal when he was playing quarterback for the Packers. I think we'll see more road wins this year. Yeah. And particularly in places like this and where it's, it's an absolute factor. We've seen the effect it's had on offenses just – Timing, quarterback, everything. And, you know, I talked to a couple of former Vikings this week uh, over text, B-Rob, Brian Robson, Jared Allen, uh, Ben Lieber, and they said it absolutely takes away the home field advantage because, you know, if you're, if you're a left tackle or, and you have to look down the line at the ball or if you're a quarterback and you can hear the, the defense audibles, yeah. you're going you're gonna to pick up on those things, especially a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's, you know, seen everything. And so – I mean, he, they weren't bothered in the least today. And I, if this place was whipped into frenzy, it, it might have caused some disruption. And conversely, let's be honest, the Vikings would have been booed loudly today. Yes, Kirk Cousins probably did not. I mean, he, he said something in the offseason about how it might be refreshing not to have fans. I don't think he meant necessarily that I, <laughs> it means I won't get booed at home, but it probably, at least in the first half, benefited him to not have them here. That's a good segue. We should talk about Kirk. We haven't even mentioned him. Um, we've got this thing in the newspaper where we grade Kirk. Yeah. Um, it's not something we're necessarily going to do every week this year, but when he first came here, it was obviously a big topic of how he was going to play for them. 
And there was kind of a, I don't know, not necessarily a debate, but we were wondering, how do you grade Kirk after this game? And Ben, what do you, what do you think about his performance overall tonight? Well, well, we were debating this off air in terms of what number to put on it. I think we landed probably around a four or a five for the day. I mean, he had... Out of 10, Vikings out of fans, 10, not 100. Out of 10. I was going to say, if we're doing letter grade, I would say a C at best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I was... I would give a D, but it's nothing higher than a C. I mean, the, the two-minute drill at the end of the first half, after they got down 22-7, to seven, got them a couple points back, but... I mean, he had, as I told you before, he was responsible for nine points in a game they lost by nine in the end. It, it was the safety where, you know, whether that he, whether that needs to be him throwing hot or Adam Thielen cutting off his route and realizing that the blitz came from there, he got sacked on that. That was two points. And then the interception, especially, they threw behind Adam Thielen. He said if he'd thrown it outside, probably a completion, maybe. Um, he threw it inside, and it led to the Packers scoring a touchdown before halftime. So, yeah, I mean, he, he made some plays with his feet, as we've heard him talk about. Um, talked about his his uh, hobby, his tennis hobby and, and how it's helped him uh, learn how to move a little bit better. And he, he's I thought, whether it was the runs, and he had a nice throw early to Thielen where he was on the move and Second I think point. hit him for 25 yeah. yards. So he did some of those things, but you still have those moments that ended up costing you in a game where Aaron Rodgers didn't give the Vikings anything to, to work with. So, yeah, I, I, I would I would have a hard time putting it above probably a four or five. And, and the thing is, um, I, there was a pivotal moment in this game, and I don't think they were going to win it no yeah. matter what happened. But, you know, you're down 22 to 10. You got it on their 39. Right. It's fourth and three. Now, I asked Zimmer about it afterwards because, he you know, he <laughs> throws a deep ball to – Sharp. sharp and it's like what in the world was that yeah. and, and uh and zimmer you know he said kubiak wanted to take a deep shot which i don't know why he wasn't wouldn't overrule him on that point i mean what don't you do something more high percentage with rudolph or cook or something or thielen than a deep than a deep shot but zimmer points out well thielen has a one-on-one on the other side and he throws it sharp so to me that was his way of you know digging it Cousins, yeah, he, made he didn't seem crazy with the de- uh, crazy about the decision there. But it's like it's like that, like that's that's a moment of truth yeah. point in this game, and you throw a deep ball to your was he your fourth receiver? Yeah, yeah, I think probably your fourth I, I guy. Just, I don't get it sometimes. Well, and Cousins said that he doesn't. He said there was a safety shading over that way, and he said I don't generally like to throw go balls with a safety over the top. And Thielen was on the boundary side of the field, so there was less room to work with. But that there's probably one of those moments where you say. I can make this throw. I'm going to give my guy a chance. Or I'm going to my best guy. Yeah. No matter I mean, what. Th- th- yes. That's – give my guy a chance. That's what I mean. Oh, is yeah. throw it to Thielen. Yeah. Um, easy for us to, to second-guess that afterwards when we're not having to make a split-second decision. But it does seem like one of those moments where you have to hope that he says, all right, I'm going to give my guy a shot. I've got the arm. Let's take a shot at this thing. Did you like the play call? I, it was an interesting play call, but it's one of those that, to me, if if we put this in a Doug Peterson's hands, Andy Reid, whomever, it's one of those things that we're. I think we're judging because it's a conservative coaching staff that usually doesn't take that many shots. I think we're judging it based on that. But if that works, it's one of those things where you're a genius if it works. If yeah. they score a touchdown, they, then it's twenty-two seventeen. 
and then you're an idiot if it doesn't work. Why didn't you do something more high percentage? Well, you're thinking of it single safety, like you just said, Ben. Single high safety, run two verticals on either side. You're going to get that one-on-one on one of those sides. Right. So you're thinking, okay, let's try that. It's just it happened to be where Mike Zimmer's clearly not happy that it ends up going to Tajay. And Tajay's only in that moment because the third down catch yeah. before B.C. Johnson got yeah. knocked out. And so it's almost like – if you're Gary, you might want to, or if you're Mike, you might want to say, hey, you know what, we just lost one of our, our number two receivers. Maybe we don't take that shot right yeah. now because it might end up being in Tajay Sharp. Or find Rudolph, who's, you know, yeah. a big target. Yeah. Something over the middle, something more high percentage in that, mm-hmm. then let's just air it out to our fourth receiver. And the Packers, <laughs> the Packers interior linebackers are nothing no, to write yeah. home about either. Yeah, so just offensively, too, this is – we haven't even talked about Dalvin Cook signing a five-year contract extension worth up to $63 million. And the, and the day after he does this, or does that, excuse me, he has 14 touches for 48 yards. And it's two touchdowns, but that's more window dressing because one of them was fourth quarter when the game was out of hand. Right. So they were unable to really establish any kind of rhythm. When you go back and look at it, the opening half, only one drive before the hurry-up drill went for positive yardage. Yeah. And, you just if you're the Vikings and you're supposed to be driven on this run run first balanced offense, not, don't make Kirk Cousins do too much. You can't have that kind of running game in the first half where it's just non-existent, where where you're losing it on first, second, and third down right away. The things they like to hang their hat on did not work for them today. And and especially you mentioned the running game. The Packers lost Kenny Clark, their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, very early in the game to a groin injury. So I mean, you still weren't able to to run it very well. In that situation, and it, it, it didn't really get out of hand until Cousins missed the third or the fourth down throw to Tajay Sharp, and the Packers went down and scored to make it 29 10. And right. until that, it's a two score game. So, yeah, I mean, the, the things that they want to be kind of built on, whether it's the defensive side of the ball or being able to run it, didn't work for them today. And, and we're going to hear all week, hey, don't overreact. It's a long season. And yes, that is true. But you you it, this isn't on a a spectrum it's at least in terms of wins and losses it doesn't really matter if we overreact or if fans overreact or you know whatever we're going to hear this week it it's a loss and how you react to it doesn't change that fact they have to come back pretty quickly because the numbers about going 0 and 2 and making the playoffs we all know them and they're not terribly friendly to a team that's in that spot and i would just say that the the question marks or the biggest area, areas of concern going into the season were on full display today yeah. and were worse than you probably thought. Yeah. Or, yeah, so. or as bad. I mean, I don't think the offensive line played well. I thought Cousins was typical Cousins, some good, some bad. Well, I think what, what I what – I think what I took away from this most is that so much of the talk was about how, okay, well, they got these two veteran safeties that can help these young corners. But when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he seemed to so clearly be able to aim away from those two safeties. How many times did we look up and we saw Harrison or Anthony Harris just full-out sprint chasing a play that was just created away from them, probably by design from one of the best quarterbacks who realized, you know what, we got these young corners – I'm just going to not throw wherever these wherever they kind of tilt the coverages. I'm just not going to throw. And then any time, neither of those guys was near Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had the ball. And here's yeah. the problem. Look at the quarterbacks they're going to face this year. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them, in, in maybe not all at Rodgers, but you're facing the best quarterbacks in the league. it's it's it's, as ben mentioned it's not going to get any easier with deshaun watson uh russell wilson who threw four touchdowns today the colts game you you know you wonder maybe that's a little easier because the colts lost in jacksonville didn't look that great yeah that's probably the one you need to i mean certainly they need to get back on track but that's probably the easiest in the next four 
Yeah, and, and they just need to get more from the rookie class. They, they certainly need to get more from the second-year class when we're talking about Irv Smith having one catch. We're talking about Garrett Bradbury and that interior offensive line not looking the greatest throughout much of this game. I, I can't say I charted everything. Gladney? Yeah, I don't think I he didn't played. See him. Did he, I didn't see him on the field. No, I, I didn't mean, He may have got one in there, but I, I – if it, if it was maybe late in the game when it was kind of garbage time, I was probably banging away at a story at that yeah. point. But I didn't see him when it mattered. No, not when it mattered. Yeah, yeah out of the so. rookie, out of the rookie class, it was Cameron Dantzler who got by far the most run. Yep, as that third, second corner. I mean, they even had him as the second corner. Sometime. They did. Yeah. I think there was one series they had him and Holton Hill in the base, and then brought Mike Hughes in. I think that's the second nickel. series. Yes. It? Yeah, yep. they started second series yep. that way. And then. Yep. So I mean, in in Gladney's coming off the knee, yep. but. It's probably a little bit of a, a noteworthy thing that we haven't seen the first-round pick very much. Yeah, we heard Mike Zimmer call Cameron Dantzler a pleasant surprise in camp. They felt like the lights weren't too much for him. They felt like this kid was unfazed by some of the pressure that a rookie might feel. So maybe that's why they gave him the shot yeah. over Gladney right now. But either way, they just need whoever whoever's in. And especially when it's a guy like Hughes who's in his third year, they need these corners to play so much better moving forward. Because yeah. it's not like these Packers receivers outside of Devontae Adams were scaring anybody. No, I mean, they have – you know, I mean, the other guys, I guess, are okay, but they're not. They're not good. Yeah, they're not. They're not <laughs> you wouldn't say they're <laughs> no. anything special. Well, I mean, it's obviously, Devontae Adams is special. I mean, in terms of MVS has been very up and down. You know, you've got Equinemius St. Brown, who I don't think we saw today. He's active, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Alan Lazard caught Lazard, one yeah. or two. But, yeah, they're just guys. I mean, there's not – and they've, they're trying to make things work with a lot of tight ends, and, and they've got all the running backs, but – and they were without one offense lineman, and they lost another one. Yep. So yep. it wasn't like they were full strength at, along the offense line. No, yeah, they and, weren't. And it goes back to that balancing act of when Mike Zimmer's calling games in the future, how comfortable is he going to be sending extra rushers to compensate for that lack of pass rush if, for instance, you're getting burned on the back end? You know, this has always been a defense in the Vikings that want to rush four mm-hmm. and drop seven. Yep. And how can you continue to do that if the four you're rushing are not generating that pressure? And then you guys bring up a good point. The Packers lost two interior offensive linemen in this game, and we saw very little change with that pass rush. Yeah. I mean, it, so. it's there's a lot there where you're left with the answer of maybe the personnel just isn't good enough to get it done. And it, it's it's a tough spot because – the, there was, you know, the evolution of the roster was the phrase we heard, and you you didn't have a preseason to do it, and you have a tough early schedule. But they also have tried to do this thing where they continue to try to win right now and not do the full rebuild and say we're just gonna, you know, kind of build the airplane as we fly it. And if you're gonna do that, then you're gonna have to try to make it work with the group you have. And I guess the thing I should say too about playoffs is the odds change because there's an extra playoff team this sure. year. We have seven, so it's a little more favorable, but you still got to figure it's going to take nine, and you don't want to get into a situation where you get behind the uh, – well, I'll go with the cliche, behind the eight ball too early. Yeah, well, and, and there was that narrative like Xavier Rose is terrible, he's too old, and, and Trey Wayne's going to have a good year. And, you know, young guys, there's no uh, – you know, just because they're young, they're rookie, doesn't mean they're not going to be an upgrade. Well, yeah. it's not as easy as just plug and play. It's a tough spot. You to know, play when it, you're it doesn't always work. That, now, that's not to say these guys are not going to be good or they're not going to get better with more experience, but to think that you can just plug them in there because they're younger and they're going to be an automatic upgrade over guys who are older and slower and all that, there's no guarantees of that. And we no, saw that. And I think this is what the Vikings kind of have to hang their hat on is the fact that, well, one, we don't know 
if Daniil Hunter's injury is one that's going to allow him to come back in three games, but they clearly view that as a three- to six-week injury. Otherwise, they would have put him on pup yes. to start the season. Rick Spielman said on Sirius XM Radio earlier this week that they view this as a three-week injury, but they have to, quote, reassess it. So they're not even sure when he's going to come back. They better hope Daniil Hunter covers up a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. once he comes back. And then number two, you would hope that Yannick Ngakwe is going to be up to speed by you know October, November to be playing that 80% role and being much more of a force for them. So down the road, next time these two teams meet, November 1st in Green yeah, Bay? Yeah, Lambeau Field. At Lambeau Field. The Vikings need to hope that they walk in there with the best NFL edge tandem because today they obviously didn't have it. Yeah, I mean, you've, they've used that for a long time when they've had secondaries that are more – experienced in this and, and perhaps in, in cases like last year that experience was another a nice way of saying that they're slowing down but it's certainly when you're in this spot you need those pass rushers to help you out and for a lot of reasons Hunter Ngakwe being where he is it's a it's a tough opening assignment but it's the NFL and they, they don't they're not they don't ease up on you when you're going through transitions and last thing too their run defense it wasn't exactly stellar either. No. So we can pin it. Now you can say maybe it loosened up, you know, the way Rodgers, but they weren't exactly stout at the point of attack. I thought in terms it started, yeah, and we're parsing here, but I thought it started off well, and then it quickly went. So. Well, part of it was because they were on the field for so long. I yeah. think they got gas, and I mean, you can't be on the field that long and think that you're going to not suffer physically. Yep. All right, guys. They've never been on the field that long in franchise history. It's unbelievable. It's quite the opening Sunday. Weird (laughs) weird and um, rare, unique in many, many ways. We will talk to you guys later this week previewing the Vikings-Colts game. Please check back to StarTribune.com for all of our work. Maybe you should get off the podcast.